This is the Mad Lemmings Podcast, episode number two. Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Mad Lemmings Podcast. I'm Ashley Fawkes, your host here from madlemmings.com. I'd just like to thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to this podcast, wherever you may be. I'm in Switzerland, in the middle of Europe, perhaps you're in America, or maybe even in Tahiti sipping a cocktail. Good luck to you if you are. And today we've certainly got a great guest on the podcast, as usual, that's my aim with every podcast. Today we're talking to Maxwell Ivey from MidwayMarketplace.com. Now the chances are you've probably never heard of Max, perhaps a few of you have, and if you have you certainly know what an inspiration he is, and he's been an inspiration to me for the last few months since I've been working with him and his website. Max is actually running a business selling carnival equipment online. It's quite an interesting niche, but what's even more interesting is Max does all of this, including social media, blogging, developing some of his website, and even getting onto some of the latest technologies while blind. Max can hardly see, and it certainly adds to the difficulty of his life, and he's going to tell us all about it in this podcast. So take a listen. Hi, Max. Welcome, and thanks for taking your time out today to talk to me. Hi, Ashley. It's a pleasure to, to be part of your podcast. So, thank you. It's been a long time coming. We've known each other for a few months now and worked together on your website, and it's certainly great to get to know you finally and uh, learn a bit about you and your daily business. Yeah, we had a we've we've had a, a pretty good working relationship uh, getting the website uh, where it looks a little better and is a little easier to use for people that can see it. So, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, that's certainly the goal, and I enjoy working with people. And uh, I'm not sure how many people know you. Obviously, some people listening will know you through uh, various blogging sites that you comment on. But just to get started, can you? Tell people a little bit about yourself, where you're at, and uh, what your business is about, and just maybe something a little bit personal. Okay. Um, first, uh, I grew up in a family of carnival owners. My grandfather had a show back in the 50s, and most everybody in my family has been in the business at one time or another. Even my uncle, who's a successful surveyor here in Houston, his wife worked games on the Midway at one time. So. Uh, that's the family background where I come from and up until about eight years ago I was actually working with my family's show I was doing the booking I had a couple of kids games and I always started helping people sell equipment which is what I do I help people sell new and used amusement equipment I always started doing that as a way of hopefully buying some some new rides for my family's show I never intended it to be a sole source of my income and a way of making a living okay then my dad died of cancer. He died of lung cancer long before he should have. And I could see the handwriting on the wall. I wasn't going to be able to keep the show going. So before that completely failed, I started doing this full time. Uh-huh. Okay. My brother built the website. And it's basically been just one learning one more thing each, each time I do it from then, trying to build the business and the website. And... Um, but that's that's where I came from, and right now, I think I've been doing this full time for a little over six years. Okay, so necessity basically drove you to this, and I'm certainly sorry to hear you lost your father, and that drove you to doing this. That's always a, a difficult time without having to change your whole lifestyle and, and your profession. But um, 
something I wanted to just touch on, something you obviously don't highlight in, in everything you do because it's everyday business for you, is, is that you're actually blind, right? Right. I'm almost totally blind. I have what they call light perception. I was born with retinitis pigmentosa, which if I'd have been born with it, say, in the last few years, they could have treated it. They now have ways of preventing RP from becoming the problem that it is for me. Um, but I have was born with it. I originally had perfect vision. By age four, they noticed that I was running into and falling down more than the rest of the kids in the family, so they had me checked, and uh, they found out I had it, and I gradually lost vision until I was about 12, and then I lost most all of my vision, and I'd say for about 20 years now, it's been pretty constant, but there's, I have very little vision, and there's not a whole lot going on that would be able to fix what I have, at least not at this stage. Okay, so that's rather unfortunate in timing then. It's uh, medical advances could certainly have, have helped you out then. Oh, yes, yeah. And so the good thing about it is, is that there are a lot of kids growing up now that will either not have to, to lose their vision or at the very least will have a, a whole lot better technology available to them than I did. I mean, I started with a, with a manual typewriter, then an electric typewriter, uh, I've only recently come to the internet, email, and texting, and, you know, I've commented on your blog often, and you can probably tell by my comments that I am not used to the short form that everybody does in texts and Twitter and a lot of the places where you're limited to so many characters. Those are not my natural way of doing things because <laughs> the technology just wasn't there when I was learning how to do things. So, sure, sure. And even the kids that... that you know, aren't are going to have problems with their vision? They're going to have a whole lot more available to them than I did. So that's another good thing. Yeah, technology has, has certainly changed all our lives in the last years. And and what amazes me constantly in in working with you and and talking about you, and even when I mention that I'm doing web development with you and that you can't see and that you run a business and you do social media and you do blogging. I mean, people just find it completely insane. It's like, what? <laughs> this guy can't see? I cannot believe it. I mean, I just mention it to people, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and I'm helping this guy in the States and quite amazingly he can't see. So how do you find that? I mean, you obviously have challenges times 10 that we all face and how is your everyday life in terms of you obviously have tools that can help you get around because most people would have no idea how you go about doing these things. I think it's it's interesting. I find um, you know, when I first started the business, I was very hesitant to tell any of my clients that I was blind. I didn't publicize it on Facebook or MySpace, which was the more popular one at that time. Mm -hmm. And I only mentioned it to people after I had started working with them. So, so I've gone from that to now I not only tell people I'm blind, I've written a couple of blog posts and done a couple of YouTube things where I have made a point of telling people that I'm blind. And nobody seems to mind. Everybody is impressed. A lot of people are inspired. And you, you and me, we've had this conversation before for email. You know that people have to convince me that I'm doing something special. All I'm doing <laughs> every day. <laughs> it's the truth. You know it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's uh, it's very difficult to... I mean, it's daily life, right? You say yeah. it is inspirational, and I just wrote a post about it today about the people that inspire me, and you may not have read it yet, but you're on there. And 
I think it's it's an amazing thing for people to realise is that it's it's kind of like the whole word of hero. Who's a hero and who inspires people to do things? And the person that is being talked about rarely sees it themselves. They don't see what they're doing as special, and that's part of the amazing part of it. But obviously you do need to overcome uh, issues that other people don't have, but you just don't worry about them and you just do it anyway. And that's that's the awesome thing. And that's what I want people especially to take away from this podcast is that, you know, we all have issues and we all have to just get through them, whatever they are. And they can be more difficult and they can be less difficult, but it doesn't take away the thing that we all have to do. And that's just push through our difficulties and just get on with it and get things done and and fulfill our dreams. And we all have dreams and it's it's all difficult for all of us. And and you're doing a lot of things like that at the moment, and that's that's fantastic. Yeah, and we, we everybody does have their own their own problems, their own difficulties. Uh, you know, my issue is a is a physical one, but I know a lot of people out there who struggle with just getting started or writing the next post, or even just sitting down at the desk and doing work instead of surfing Facebook or hanging out on Twitter or whatever. You know, so. Uh, but, but, you know, I agree with you. I basically just get up every day and do it and don't really think about how that might, uh, that might amaze other people. But the more I talk about it with friends like you and, uh, Adrian and, uh, Robin and Farnish, you know, these, these people that, uh, that have been doing this for a while and hear that they are, uh, inspired and impressed, then, you know, I've, I pretty much have to believe you because I respect and like all of you. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to disagree with you. No, sure. And you're, you're very humble. And it's, of course, as I said, it's, it's your life and you don't see it from any other perspective. And that's like I said, with, uh, you know, like I shattered my leg last year and that's not nearly as difficult, but I mean, for six months, I was completely incapacitated and had to move house. And, you know, you can't sit around being sorry for yourself. You just have to get on with life. And in some ways, you take away something from, from every problem that you have. And I took away blogging and blogging was what I started when I had this difficulty and it got me through a hard time. And And you just have to put your head down and and get on with it. But let's not sort of stick with this this question obviously it's uh as i said it's something that uh, you do and you just get on with it and it inspires people and that's and that's fantastic but i just wanted to also touch upon i mean your day-to-day life on the computer because as a software developer it's something that i'm slightly aware of but not really and i think i mentioned this to you the other day is that you have things like accessibility and this is probably a word that most people have no idea even exists in terms of the web accessibility now this is something you have to live with and it is extremely important and maybe you can explain a little bit about that and what that means to your everyday life in terms of the web okay to me i think there are two levels of a application or a website there is usability and there's accessibility. To me, accessibility is a whole higher standard. It means that not only can you use it, but that you don't have to think about it, you don't have to work really hard at it, you don't have to invest a lot of time figuring out techniques and tricks to where you can make the site or the application you're using work with your screeners so you can get the result that you're after. I mean, there are a lot of products out there that say they're accessible, but when you get to actually using them for the purpose that they were intended, you go, what were they thinking? (laughs) 
but I mean, in terms of day-to-day, you basically have a program which reads... I mean, this is the fundamental part for you. I mean, you don't see anything, but your screen reader reads everything it sees, or do you tell it what to read? Is there a way you can drive it into certain areas of the website? Exactly. It it has a a predetermined way that it will try to read a new website or a new document. But there are ways that I can force it to go to certain parts of the screen or read certain parts of the screen in a certain way or... uh, most of the time, it's just a matter of getting to the correct link or the correct block of text on a page that you want. And when it comes to accessibility of websites, the number one thing that will drive a blind person crazy is unlabeled buttons, links, anything that doesn't have a a, uh, a meta tag with the alt inf- alternative information so mm-hmm. that the reader can identify and because if it doesn't have that text, it's basically not there to a screen reader. Yeah. Okay, that actually makes me realize that some of my latest website buttons, I know quite a lot about it in terms of images. You have the alt tag, and people talk about it in terms of SEO because Google reads it and uses it to rank uh, images. And if people aren't aware of that, I have a, I have a post on my, my website about that. Um, image SEO, but for you guys, and this is quite interesting for most people, the alt tag means nothing to most people, but for you guys, the alt and the title tags are used to read what is an image is displaying because you can't see the image. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And one of the wor- one of the best or worst examples, depending on how you look at it, because they're such a large company, is YouTube's uh, start button. It is... It, uh, if you're using a Windows computer, you would be using a different screen reader than I use. I use a Mac, and I run the screen reader called VoiceOver that comes with the, with the Apple operating system. And it, uh, it gives you one thing that you don't get with Windows because it's built in. I can walk up to any Apple anywhere in the world, press Command F5, and it'll start talking. Uh-huh, cool. Yeah, that's one of, their, one of the few things that they did. And the information on our... Uh, email list for blind computer users seems to indicate that Windows is going to come around and do the same thing eventually, but it may be a few years down the road. Okay. But in YouTube with Mac, there is no way to find the start button on a video. Really? There is no way that... uh, And what, what I usually end up having to do is find the video owner's uh, web uh, website go to their YouTube page and go to their original video where they originally uploaded it and click on it there to get it to play. Mm-hmm. That's so an e- easier button to find, is it? It is the, the hardest button to find of anyone that I, that I run across that I run across on a regular basis. And like I say, with YouTube, as large a company as they are, I'm just surprised they haven't fixed that yet. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, as a city as a web developer, which you know I've done for the last twelve years, it's something that is not really taught properly. It's something that is not prioritized. Even usability is actually a low priority for most companies, and that's something that has almost driven me out of the industry and why I'm focusing on web design because good usability, good websites, and good uh, graphics are something that really inspire me. And and most companies really don't care about it. They just 
worried about the bottom line, and I think that's the problem with accessibility. They don't see it as a target market. They don't see it as as something to worry about. But actually, for people like yourself, I mean, being on the web is probably a fantastic tool for connecting and for communicating as well. So I don't really understand that. Yeah, and uh, one of the one of the things I wonder about on this topic is in Europe they at least have a law on the books that has some minimum requirements for accessibility. In the United States, we have no law. There's a, a web convention, which you probably know what, more about what that means than I do, but yep. it's a general guideline to web designers that says, this is what you ought to do, but there's absolutely nothing forcing them to do so. Okay, so unlike sort of uh, ramps for wheelchairs and things like this, it's, it seems to be around the world something that until you're confronted with it, and I was confronted with being in a wheelchair for a little while when I broke my leg, you know, you have absolutely no comprehension and that's why people ignore it because they're not forced to confront it and you've never seen it before. It doesn't come into your daily life so you don't think about it and uh yeah, it's just something to remind people of and something, as, as I said, I found with my broken leg. All of a sudden, you start to realize and help other people with issues around you which you've never thought about before because you've never had the problem yourself. And it's a shame, but that's unfortunately the way that the world works, I think. I wanted to quickly go over your, your business because it's obviously... I mean, not only is it inspiring that you've been doing this without uh, being able to see, but you've actually started your business because you needed to, but you've started from zero, and now you have a business which you can live from. You're selling online. You have an online portal, basically. From I mean, I've been working with you, a portal for uh, helping out businesses and linking to other carnival-related businesses. How did you start building that business from absolute zero? Well, the the first website I had, my brother Michael, he put it together. He's one of these people that seems to almost uh, absorb technical information through his skin. He makes it look that easy when he does it. <laughs> and he's one of those guys, you know. He's a he's a talented airbrush artist. He's a, he he can diagnose engines. He can work on electrical. There's very little technical or, or uh, mechanical base that he can't figure out if he has to. And over the years in his various jobs, he's had to. So he said he would build my first website and he'd make it easy enough where I could use it. And he did a pretty good job. He found a, a, uh, a PHP plugin that would allow me to upload equipment listings without having to know how it worked just to use it. And then he got a really high-paying job moving a moving carnival rides for a show on the East Coast. And he said, Max, I'd love to keep helping you, but they're paying me too much money to stay home. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I basically had to learn how to maintain my website in self-defense. And I basically went through the W3 schools. I went to their W3C.org, and it said, here's how you create a link. Here's how you create your title page and, you know, your color palette and I basically did all of that stuff, and if, I, I don't know if you've ever found one of my first pages that I created, but I understand that they were painful to look at. I mean, they were bright yellow background with uh, red links and blue text, and if you hovered over a link, it was orange, and I understand that the yellow was, was so bad that some people would immediately click off of my website. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that was some of the ones I migrated for you. They were very yellow, but, of course, 
for yourself, that means nothing, right? It's very, it's not something that pushes you to change it because you don't see it every day. And that's completely understandable. And yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, visibility. I mean, the things you can see on a website and, and colors and everything these days, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, it's, it's a huge thing and it affects a lot of people. And I'm glad we got through all of those. There was a hundred something pages that, uh, that we migrated in the end, but they were not your main pages. I mean, your main pages were already migrated and that was fantastic, but you were actually programming HTML, that's also my hat goes off to you there as well. I mean, not only have you tackled this whole business thing, but you can, I mean, when I say something to you, you know what I'm talking about, and you could actually do most of it yourself. Yeah, you're in a whole other league than I am. Though. Well, I mean, course, that's I, my job. But <laughs> I mean, I, I, I might be a baker, but you're a chef. You know, that's the way I would look at it. Uh, and, you know, you were talking about all those pages we had to migrate. Well, the reason that there are all those pages are on there is because when I first started out, people would return my phone calls or my emails. They're like, who is this new guy? We've already got free sites. Why do we need a, a guy that's going to run a commission site? Um, you know, why should we even give him the time of day? That's my phone telling me I have a call. Just, okay. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. And, and so uh, I was reading these posts where they said you should give stuff away, so I thought what what can i do for people that they could use that i could do for free so i started offering people links on the site and in exchange for the link they gave me their email address and they agreed to get my emails on new equipment or new vendors or whatever's going on with the website and i think you said we had well over 100 pages there's over 3,000 emails on them on my mailing list wow yeah and that's that's where all of those emails came from is that and i get maybe one or two a month that will decide to unsubscribe but usually i add four or five a month so i i'm making as as i say as long as your list is continuing to expand you don't have to worry about it too much so yeah exactly i mean that's the key and this is quite interesting because list building I mean, what you're doing there is fundamentally early days list building. I mean, this was how many years ago did you start doing this? This was, this was four, five, six years ago. This was before list building became the thing to do. And, yeah. and I didn't even know I was doing it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea I was doing something that's, you know, was this in, uh, you know, the end thing, this critical. I was just, okay, here's my problem. What can I do about it? That's all I was doing. And, you know, now I have probably one of the, the strongest lists of, of anybody that sells amusement equipment and maybe of a lot of other people that sell heavy equipment that has nothing to do with my field. Well, getting 3,000 email lists, uh, I can tell you from personal experience, is these days is absolutely killer. It's, I mean, I've talked with a bunch of other marketers and, and there's a whole new level of tactic coming out. Um, and one of the girls I want to talk about that too in the next couple of weeks is Sarah Santa Croce. She's a girl um, I've done a few hangouts with here in Switzerland and she has some great tactics to try and build her mailing list because, as she said now, even giving away a free ebook isn't enough anymore to get people's email lists. So what you've done there in your industry, and this is where I really wanted to discuss some of these things with you, is you've tackled problems with almost no help just out of sheer necessity and discovered some really interesting methods which other people can really learn from, which is, you know, you're giving away fundamentally something that people need. And that's, 
and and working with these people as well because ultimately people are very reluctant to give away their email it's very personal it's not something they're going to give you i mean it's like asking a girl for a phone number except on the internet and uh yeah i mean that's that's a fantastic technique so you've basically built up three thousand and that's how you is that how you get all of your business now through your email list i i use a combination i have the email list i have the uh, sites on social media uh, you know about me working on the videos and the hangouts yep. uh, and if if I know somebody's looking for a particular piece of equipment then I also do some phone work but not all that much okay. um, so it's predominantly your network that you that you use as well as your mailing list then right right I eventually want to do more face to face networking but at this time uh Doing it over the the internet is is uh, is more available to me. It's what I it's what I have available, so it's what I'm using. So yeah, well, to be honest, it's not much different for most of us, I think, because yeah, I mean, I'm in Switzerland as well, and a lot of the events that I would like to attend in blogging and social media are in the states, and I can't easily get away and just pop over to uh, San Diego for a couple of days, or it costs me quite a lot of money to do that, and time and time difference and so on, and. Yeah, I mean, these days we have Skype. I mean, we're sitting on Skype now and Google Hangouts and all of this kind of stuff. But you've also tackled, I mean, you're big on Twitter, right? I mean, Twitter is is one of your biggest uh, social I'm, media. I'm okay on Twitter. I wish I were, I wish I were bigger on Twitter. I, it's probably where I have the smallest following of any of my networks. But, oh, really? Okay. But, the, but what I have noticed about Twitter is that it's also the one where I get the most shares of what I post. So actually it's probably a stronger network for me than any of my others when you when you consider the that of the four hundred and fifty or sixty people that are listed as my followers, I generally get more retweets than I get shares or reshares of anything on any of my other networks. So Yeah, I mean that's actually a, a key point I think a lot of people need to realize starting out or even continuing in social media is you need to focus your efforts on the areas that get you the results. I mean, I started out also on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Google+. And in the end, I ended up focusing on Twitter a lot because I was getting results and I built that up. And now I'm sort of backing off a bit and focusing on Pinterest. And you're also quite amazingly getting on Pinterest as well. How's that How's that working out for you? It's working out pretty good. I'm starting to get uh, more repins and likes. Uh, my followers are you know about a about a thousand over there really okay wow and uh, i've i've finally found a few boards to join and i've also realized that you know just because a board isn't exactly in my in my niche doesn't mean that i can't find a way to post on it like uh, one of the boards i'm uh, that i'm part of is about motivational and inspirational stuff so when I posted my last YouTube video, I said, I understand that whenever I do these videos, people consider it inspiring. So I thought it would be okay to post that. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I mean, your tactic, I just wanted to quickly go over your tactics on, on Pinterest because your last post, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, I think it's worth reading for anybody because there's some great ideas in there. But, I mean, you're looking at a niche 
which is actually quite difficult. It's, uh, I mean, obviously Pinterest is predominantly products, uh, very easily sellable and clickable products. Um, there's a lot more female influence on Pinterest. There is some social media and blogging boards on there, obviously, because it is a social media site. But you're trying to get onto carnival equipment and, and carnivals and events. And there's probably a few on there, but I wouldn't imagine there's many. What, what did you start looking for? I started looking for uh, amusement parks and uh, uh, merry-go-rounds and roller coasters. And what I eventually realized is that if I wanted to find people on Pinterest, I had to go to a a little more further down the list. So I went to food items. I went to funnel cake, donuts, pizza, hamburgers, french fries, hot dogs. I did all the major fair novelty food stuff and found quite a few people that a lot of them have uh, brick-and-mortar businesses that sell these items, but they're the same food items, so they're going to have needs for the same equipment. Mm-hmm. So I figure that's a good use of my time there. Uh, I've also started to find a few major fairs that are on Pinterest, and um, caterers are on there, uh, balloon artists are on there, florists, um, a lot of the party rental companies are on there. So I've been managing to find people. It's not, uh, not the carnivals and the fun fairs as y'all call them it's over in Europe. Thirty. But I've been been pretty pretty lucky as far as finding stuff that's close enough to where I feel like they may have use of what I'm trying to sell at some point down the road. Yeah, and I think that's a great tactic, and that's one of the key things I took away from your post was a lot of people shy away from Pinterest for two reasons. I mean, one of them is they don't have any shareable visuals, whether it's a picture or a video. And the way to get around that, of course, is either to create a video. I mean, some people don't want to do that, and I understand that. But the other is to create a picture with some text on it, which I've written quite a few posts on myself. And I think a lot of more people should be doing that. Pinterest is growing like mad. But what you've done, you've basically said, okay, Finding my niche on Pinterest is difficult, and that's the next big thing people complain about. And how do you get around that? Well, you think a little bit more laterally, right? You think, okay, my niche is, let's say, lawnmowers. I mean, obviously it's not, and there probably is a lot about lawnmowers on there, but if you're not looking at lawnmowers, what are you looking at? Well, let's think about gardening. Let's think about houses. Let's think about parks. Let's think about schools with grass. You know, you've got to think a little bit more creatively, right? And that's basically what you're doing. And that's something I've had to do from the beginning because if you concentrate on just carnivals and amusement parks and family entertainment centers, that's not a big enough target. So in in my definition of the amusement industry, I also include zoos and aquariums, uh, pumpkin patches and other agritourism businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you have to, if, you, if you're in a small niche like I am, you have to find ways to broaden it out and still stay true to your to your core uh, product area. Yeah, sure. I mean, basically, I think with any businesses, you know, you can pretty quickly sort of hit the wall on finding customers for whatever reasons and and being creative in this day and age with so many people on the internet competing for attention, I think is one of the best things you can do. And I mean, you've done that with Pinterest and it's obviously, you said you have a thousand followers. That's fantastic. And you've also put a lot of stuff on, on YouTube, obviously. That's a big channel for you as well. I think I've, I've done uh, five videos now of my own and I have probably another 
25 or 30 videos of other people's equipment that I put up there before I started doing my own videos with them. And it's not as, as big as I want it to be right now, but I can definitely see the possibilities. Um, the, the first video that I did that I called a show got has 148 views in about five and a half weeks. Okay. And considering, considering that I had 20 subscribers when I posted that, well, I still have 20 subscribers, but considering I have 20 subscribers and that video got almost 150 views and uh, the, the second one that I just posted over the weekend already has 10 views. Like I said, I can see the, the possibilities there. And if I can start getting out to meet some of my clients or at least do some on location videos where it's more than just me talking and showing a video, I think it'll be even better. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, as you can see, even with this podcast, I mean, bouncing ideas off each other, talking about topics, I think is really interesting for people. And if you can, if you can manage to do that, that's, uh, I think, really inspirational for people because you can learn so much from other people and, and coming up with everything on your own constantly new ideas is actually really difficult and keeping people interested so i think that's an awesome target and and i think it's something you've also done a little bit of with your connections i mean you've not been shy in in reaching out and connecting through commenting on a lot of blogs that's another huge tactic you've used you've used a lot of in the last couple of years right yes yeah yeah. and you know i started with uh, farnish brock she was one of the first places i started leaving my long in-depth comments with and uh, I started following some of the people that left comments on her site that I liked. And eventually I met Adrian Smith and uh-huh. some others. And uh, I do enjoy reading the posts and seeing what I can learn from them and leaving a comment that either helps me understand what they're saying better or shows them that I appreciated what they did. And, and that. Um, and I've been lucky enough to start some conversations with some people and to become friends with some people that are pretty solid bloggers that uh, I would consider uh, leaders of the of the blogosphere or, or the community or whatever you want to call it. And it all started, like you say, from leaving comments. That's and, and sharing the posts. Yeah. After you leave the comment, you got to share the other person's stuff. <laughs> That's that's what we can certainly hope for, right? But, yeah. um, I mean, that's how we met. I mean, you came to me, I remember the initial comment through through Adrian's post, and I, I find I get a lot of awesome contacts through her website, and she's also oh, yeah. on my list of inspirational bloggers that I blogged about today, but for, for other reasons. But her blog is also a, a mecca for uh, other bloggers to come and comment. She gets about 100 to 150 uh comments on every post she does so that's that's quite amazing but that's a great tactic and it's good to see that you've embraced that and uh i think that's a great uh tip for everyone as well as the pinterest stuff and and branching out into different areas of social media that work for you and being creative is actually getting out there and networking i've found that's helped me a lot touching base maybe writing an email occasionally to somebody as well as just commenting really connecting personally is uh is amazing and and the last thing I wanted to quickly touch on is something that you're just experimenting with now and actually I think is something everyone says the year 2014 is the year of the Google Hangout. You've been trying to do some Hangouts lately. It's obviously been difficult, but uh, you've done your second or third one recently? I did my second. The third one is going to be this week. Okay. Uh, this week I'm actually going to do two of them. I'm going to do the 
do it at the regular time that I've been doing it. It's uh, 8 Eastern or 7 7 Central. I don't exactly know what time that is where you are. but oh, uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> but I'm also going to do a second one that's going to be a hangout on air. I'm going to do that at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. And, of course, the difference there is the hangout on air is recorded to YouTube so people can watch it later. Or if they come in in the middle, they can rewind it back to the beginning and watch from the beginning. Uh, since it will be recorded to YouTube, I'm hoping more people will show up or that if, if they don't stop by, they'll at least email me a question that I can answer so that I can fill the time and end up with another YouTube video to, to share down the road and help build the hangouts and build the channel. So you're trying to do a basically a new show on this this hangouts with topics around your business, or exactly, exactly, or topics around blindness, whatever people ha- have their questions about, uh, then that's what I'm going to go with. And I kind of wonder if maybe there shouldn't be two different parts of me on on there. One, you know, uh, one session where we talk about nothing but the business, and another where we talk about nothing but the personal stuff. But I'm not sure I'm going to get enough people to fill up one show much less two so well i mean i think that's a that's a great goal to have and i've seen that from other big podcasters and and youtubers and stuff is to build up one audience and then springboard it and then create a second channel once you've got the first one because it's a lot easier to do so maybe it's good to keep them together at the beginning and then uh, once you've got the audience i think it's easy to to then do a, a second one as a as a basically a child of the first one <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But um, I'd, you can send me the links by email after that. I'll certainly put those in the show notes and we can hopefully uh, drum up a bit more uh, business on the Hangout and get some listeners and maybe even some people participating who want to who want to help out. That'll be certainly an interesting experiment. I think any Hangout, I've done a couple with uh, Sarah Sanacroce here and it's it's quite a interesting experience. You're kind of just like this. You're talking to each other, but people are listening and you don't even know although there is a comment field where you can answer comments but i think it's not the simplest thing to use um and then afterwards yeah it goes on youtube so it's there for for the rest of your life <laughs> and you have no way of knowing how many people are watching it or how many people will watch it which is why i said i'm hoping that if people aren't going to come by they'll at least email me some questions so i have something to do until some people show up yeah that's uh, that's a great idea I'll, I'll certainly put that on the uh, show notes and we'll try and uh, drum up some more uh, some more business for you there because that's uh, yeah that's great if you can certainly get some participation was there anything else you wanted to quickly discuss before we go max just one thing uh back when we were talking about blog commenting i wanted to mention that uh, i know you said it but adrian smith is pretty much the star of this area and she really preaches blog commenting. And in my opinion, one of the things that really got me going was back in October when she mentioned me in a post of hers about the five bloggers she admired. So, uh, and that came about from leaving comments on her site, from sending emails back and forth. And, you know, that's, that's what we were just talking about a little bit ago about, uh, you know, it really uh, connecting with people that have these blogs online. And I just wanted to, mention Adrian because she has really been a big help to me and a lot of the people that I have met I've met through her site or through them leaving comments or uh, following somebody's guest post over to their site so just wanted to make sure I mentioned her because I'd have felt bad if I didn't. No sure and uh, I'll, I'll put a link into her site as well she's certainly somebody that brings together a 
a community in itself and she's been going through some difficult times lately and that's one of the reasons I brought her up in my inspirational post today was she's pushed through a lot of massive technical and, and personal issues in the last year and uh, despite that she's a shining beacon for for all of us and, and keeps me certainly upbeat. I write her probably an email a week and uh, it's always good fun to have a chat with her and I'm going to try and get her on the podcast. She's completely flat out with her other work at the moment but uh, I think I'll Managed to get her on here in the next few months. Okay. Well, anyway, Max, I'd like to thank you again for taking your time to uh, talk to me today. And finally, we meet after I don't know how many emails we've exchanged over the last few months. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to finally meet you. And um, I want to thank you for giving me another first. I just realized this is the first time that I have done a uh, Skype that's been recorded that's going to be done in a podcast. And I guess I was kind of excited or nervous or whatever about doing it, and it completely slipped my mind. So, <laughs> well, I'm certain, I'm glad we're both uh, we're both pushing the boundaries. It's my second podcast, and it's been a it's been an interesting experience, and I'm I'm looking forward to the possibilities in the future. Well, thanks again, Max, and uh, have a great day. You too. Thank you, Ashley. Okay, that was Max Ivey from Midway Marketplace. I hope you're as inspired as I am now. He's certainly getting out there and trying absolutely everything, even though he can't see. And that's certainly an inspiration for all of us. So after you get off this podcast, why not get out there and try something new today? Thanks for listening.